Luke chapter 2 and verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now friends, we've uh, sung a, n- a number of carols uh, this evening, and uh, it's good to sing. We're happy uh, to sing to our God and to, to sing around uh, this particular uh, theme. Uh, but tonight I want to uh, think briefly in the few moments that we have about the first ever Christmas carol. The first ever Christmas song, sung not by men, sung by angels. Not just one angel, a myriad of angels, I don't know how many, a multitude of angels making a a visit from heaven to earth, a choir, a heavenly choir to sing at this marvelous event. It's not the first time that we hear about the angels singing. We, We read about them actually at creation at the beginning of this world, when God made all things. Then it was so marvelous to them, they couldn't help but burst forth into song. But this, this is something extraordinary. This is something even more marvelous than creation. Something tremendous is happening. And they visit the earth again, sent again, no doubt, by the Lord. But they burst here into another song, much louder, much more heartier, Uh, then the previous one as they sing about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, uh, goodwill towards men. Very short song, but yet so much is in those words. And that's what we'll be looking at today. But this is the theme of their song. This is what they were marveling at. The angels were marveling that the Son of God had come into this world had left heaven, had left his splendor, had left his riches there, had left his glory there to enter into this sin-sick world, to take upon himself a human body, to live in such a way amongst us. Oh, it was a marvel to them. Oh, we wish everyone on earth could catch a glimpse of even what they felt at this particular sight. Now, we have to say, friends, as we consider the birth of Christ, how relatively few people were aware of it. It was only revealed to a few people that the coming of the Son of God. Mary and Joseph, of course, they knew about it. The wise men that we read of, the shepherds here in Luke 2, and the villagers that they went on to tell others of, the villagers of Bethlehem. Just a few, a handful of people know about this, the coming of the Son of God. And we could say all that surrounds really the nativity of the Savior here is rare and it's very precious. It's one of the rarities that we find, this, uh, this spectacular announcement by the angels of the birth of the Son of God, the birth of Christ. Now, <laughs> the skeptics of today you know, say to us, huh, Angels, choirs, singing, singing a message. How can it be? A dialogue of men with men from heaven. It's ridiculous, isn't it? How can you believe such a thing? It's all fairy tale language. That's what we find in children's books, isn't it? Well, actually, friends, 
if the Bible was all made up, and if this particular event were all made up, well, you'd expect whenever you pick up the Bible uh, to read this as a common occurrence. If this book is just a book written by man, then you'd expect to find probably on every other page something spectacular like this happening. But actually, what we discover as we read the Scriptures is that it's very rare, these spectacular things. If you take the time from Abraham, who lived 2,000 years before this event, up to the birth of Christ, we could only count uh, two particular occurrences where there, there was a collective number of people who heard a voice from heaven. One time was at the Mount Sinai when the God spoke uh, those Ten Commandments to the, to the children of Israel. And then the second time is here, the angels with this message and this song uh, to the shepherds. There's, there's a number of other times, not that many even of those, where a heavenly messenger spoke to an individual or to two people, but all this even is very unusual. And of course, we can understand why. This event, friends, is so uh, unique. This is unique even in God's estimation, even the w way that God does things. This is a unique way of God uh, working, a matchless, exceptional event is taking place here. And yet, you would expect, on the other hand, we could say, we would expect, we, because this is such a unique event, uh, you would expect some kind of dramatic announcement, some kind of visible affirmation. And that's what we have here. It was, it was exclusively for a certain group of people, but it's here. A dramatic a proclamation from heaven that this event has taken place. Well, that's what people ask for, isn't it, even today? Where is God? Where is, where is God? Show me God. Show me something spectacular, and then I will believe in Him. Well, here it is. Here is an occurrence. Here is a tremendous uh, event. And uh, this is given to us also in the Scriptures, preserved for us, so that we can be persuaded to believe in the Lord. Well, we can be sure, friends, that the message that was conveyed uh, to these, these by the angels to the shepherds must be of crucial importance. It must be, was important for them, and it's also important for us. And it does. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Here is a message, not just for them, but it's also applicable for you and for me, for the well-being of our souls. This message, we are interested in this message. It's important for us, for you and I, to hear these things and to understand what, what they are saying. It's a message from heaven, not only for them, but also uh, for us. So three things, uh, just very briefly. Uh, firstly and mainly, notice that the birth of Christ reminds us of the purpose of life. This coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, into uh, taking human flesh and living, being born in such a way as one of us and living amongst us, it reminds you and I of the reason why we are here and the purpose of our life. 
And that is here in this first phrase, glory to God in the highest. That's the purpose of life. God here is given his rightful place by the angels. They know who to direct praise and honor and glory to. They know who they are to submit and yield their lives to. They know who they are to yield and to obey in their lives. They know whose commands. They're, they're in that right relationship with God. Glory to God is the theme not only of their song, this is the theme of their lives. Glory to the living God. Well, friends, where do we see this in our world today? Today, it's all inversed, isn't it? The roles are inversed. Today we see, uh, well, man is everything in this world. Man invents things. Man discovers things. Man reach, reaches the moon. Man is wonderful. Man is great. He's so wise. Man is this, uh, this is the way that we do things. This is where he, we came from. Man says these things in contradiction to what, the, what God says. Man says we evolved. Man says this is how the universe came about. God says something different. The Bible says differently. Man applauds himself. Man says things will be better. God's, the angel said glory to God. Man says glory to man. Glory to us. This is how, uh, how we think. Or we all say, isn't it, I am, I am what counts. Nothing else really matters. I will do my own thing. Oh, how marvelous we are. Oh, we are so mature. We're so advanced. We're so cute. We're so wonderful people. Look at me. This is us, friends. We're so in control. Man thinks so much, so highly of himself. He's so full of himself, and he lives for his own glory. He doesn't know about the glory of God. But when God himself enters into this world of ours, in the person of his uh, Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, it's as if he is shouting to the world. This is a reminder. This is the alarm bell going off for us. This is not the way to live life. The way, this is not the way to conduct yourselves through life. This is to, it's to bring us the coming of the Son of God into this world is a wake-up call to us to say we should be living our lives for God. God should be in my thinking. God should be in my decision-making. God should be at the center of my life. As these messengers have said, glory to God in the highest. You see, friends, this is what's missing with us. This is what's wrong with man. That he doesn't live for God. He lives for himself. Where is God in our thinking? Where is God in our estimation? Does he ever get a look in into our lives? Does he ever, uh, does he ever get a thought in our, th our many thoughts that pass through our minds? When was the last time, friends, that we sat down and just had a real serious thought and self-reflection and thought, well, how serious am I taking my relationship with God? How serious do I take the living God and my accountability to Him? When was the last time we had just sat down on our own with ourselves and thought of deeply about what the Bible is saying? Probably hardly ever. 
his way we have we thought about his the, his wonderful character and this uh, tremendous event that is yeah, that's happened Christ coming into the world and we always sat down and asked why did he come is it all true why did he do all these things what, what's the what's the motivation for him doing all these things and what has he done why would he come in order to die on the cross all these things friends are worth our time and consideration and add to that did we ever ascribe glory to him worth ever thought of him in a, a praiseworthy way ever praised him ever thanked him ever fallen down before him in love and adoration oh friends this is all included in these words the angels singing glory to god in the highest oh perhaps there's never been a word of praise heavenwards there's never been real grateful thanks to god from our hearts we've it's been a marked absence uh, in our lives christmas <laughs> christmas is here and uh, many of us like the season and we enjoy uh, all the thrills of christmas but i think most of us also would also agree that from a christian point of view the glory has departed christmas now is commercialized it's secularized it's despiritualized that's what's happened to it but friends not only christmas has been spoiled even our lives uh, have been spoiled our lives because there is no god in our life because christ is not at the center of our lives because there's no spiritual side to us that's not how we were meant to be but that's why our lives often end up as spoiled god made us to glory in him god made us for him to worship him he he made us with that capacity to worship uh, him to love him that's the purpose of life that's why we are here that's what the birth of christ reminds us of that's why christ came to bring us back to a right way of thinking a right way of living to be reconciled with god through his death oh friends isn't it true of us that we're so out of sorts so far from happiness so unful unfulfilled in our lives why why is it that we set so little store by god why is it that we make so much of things which disappoint us and we we make so little of one who is able to bless us and to fill us with true uh, satisfaction why do we esteem him who is great so little in our eyes why is he so little esteem why do we esteem the stars who we know nothing about of this world so wonderful and here is one who is truly great and truly wonderful that's why the angels are singing here of the birth of a savior why would they do that people ask what for is it all real what's it all about well so many people sadly they dismiss these things and they see no glory uh, in these things but others others have seen seen it they've seen this 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 baby is not just any other baby this is the son of god they've seen the, these things and like the shepherds they've discovered all these things are true and right and they end up 
praising God as well. Oh, friends, this is what God has come to do to remind us that we are to live uh, for His glory. The shepherds were afraid uh, when they heard this message. And perhaps some of us, maybe when we first hear the gospel, we are afraid. And we hear about our need to be reconciled to God. Perhaps we're afraid to become uh, believers and to turn to God. But no, just like these people, this is, there's goodwill in it from God. There's blessing in it for us if we turn uh, to Him. This is good tidings of great joy. Well, the whole purpose, friends, of our life is that we might seek and search after this God, catch a glimpse of His glory, of His splendor. That's what heaven's all about, seeing the Lord. Well, this brings us uh, to that, uh, the second point. I uh, hear glory to God in the highest, that's the first thing, and on earth, uh, peace and goodwill to, uh, toward men. So here, the, bi the birth of Christ nudges us uh, towards re reminding us of the, our need uh, to live for God's glory. But secondly, notice the birth of Christ tells us where we can find true peace. Peace. Well, this is one thing that all of us want. If, if, if somebody gave it to us as a Christmas present, well, we would take it with both hands, wouldn't it? Oh, if that was the only gift that we received for Christmas, this Christmas, everyone would say, yes, I would take it. Give me peace. But friends, somebody is giving it to you. Somebody is offering it to you tonight. Not me, but God is offering it to you. This is what uh, this verse is saying. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Now this uh, peace is not uh, something to do with uh, wars or nations or the settling of industrial uh, disputes or some other uh, thing like that. But it's something more remarkable than that. Something more rare than that. Something more spectacular is here announced. And that is a peace between God and the, the sinner. This is a terms of peace are offered. The sinner has uh, offended God. He has rebelled against the Lord. He has sidelined with evil. He has sidelined in opposition to his maker. He has despised uh, his God. He has been in rebellion all his life against him. And yet the good news that comes from heaven is that God offers peace through the coming of this Savior, to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. A peace that will clear away that debt of sin that we owe. A peace that will forgive us of all our sins and of all the, the evil ways that we have treated the Lord will be forgotten as well as forgiven. God will bring it up no more against that person who turns to Him and trusts in Christ. This is a peace, friends, that has to do with God and a peace in our consciences. Freedom from condemnation, freedom from a conscience that constantly nags you and condemns you and provokes you, as, uh, condemns you as being guilty. Peace through the Lord Jesus Christ in our conscience when we believe in Him. A peace that comes from knowing you are accepted with God. In this life already, we are accepted with God 
And if we trust in the Savior, when we leave this world, we will enter into the next world, into heaven, accepted eternally. Friends, this is what Christ came to do, to reconcile God and man and to make peace between the two. And he did it, we have to say, not through his birth so much, but he did it through his life and through his death, through his death on Calvary's cross, when he went to the cross and suffered and died and took upon himself the penalty for the sins of all who will believe in him and trust in him. He bore away uh, their sins. This is peace through the blood of his cross. This is the message of the angels to the world, but it's also a message of the angels and of God to you and to I. We can have peace with God through Christ. But then thirdly, uh, notice that the birth of Christ clearly demonstrates, friends, his love for us. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Goodwill towards men. Because this is the intentions of God's heart. What is God really thinking? What is here? This is uh, an unveiling, as it were, a revealing of the heart of God. What does God think about you and I? What does God think even about fallen men and sinners? Here it is, friends. This is what he thinks. This is what he, 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 he shows to us is in his heart, in his mind. His thoughts towards us are thoughts of peace because he is giving to us his only begotten son. Do you think hard thoughts of God, friends? He doesn't think the same of you. Do you think he's a killjoy? Do you think perhaps he is over-demanding and severe? This is the kind of God you have in your imagination. It's not the biblical God. It's not as God has revealed himself. He's nothing like that. His intention is to bless. His intention is to do you good. And the coming of Christ and the giving of his Son clearly shows this to us. There's no greater demonstration of the heart of God than in the, the birth of Christ and in the giving of his only begotten Son, the Son of his love. He spared him not. He went, who went all the way to Calvary's cross, and yet even there he wasn't spared the cross. That demonstration of God's love is a plain and vivid indication to us of God's goodwill to us if we will turn to him, if we will repent of our sins and uh, believe in him. He gave us, not the second best friends, he gave us even his very best, his only Beloved Son, oh friends, what are we looking for in this world? What do we seek uh, in life? We will never be satisfied, really, till we catch a glimpse of this marvelous incarnation of Christ and who it is that came and why uh, he came. The message uh, says it all. This is the first thing in the universe. This is the first thing uh, in our, that must be in our lives. Glory to God. Glory to God. And uh, then the peace will follow and we will know truly uh, that our experience will be God is good. This will be the experience of our lives. Look at verse 20. 
the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They went, they obeyed the message, they found out, they found the babe lying in a manger, dressed in those swaddling clothes, and they uh, worshipped him, and they returned, they told other people about it, but now they are glorifying God. Now they are praising him. Now they are believing. As it was told them, it was found to be true. So it will be for you. If you turn to Christ, if you repent of your sins, you believe in your, the Savior, you yield yourself, your life over to him, you will find it is true. Everything that God said to me would happen, happened. He changed my life. Come to him, friends. Even this Christmas time, let it be a time when you come to the Savior in a, a, a first time. Let it be a memorable Christmas for you. Do you come and believe uh, in him? Let's pray together. Oh Lord, our gracious God and Father, we thank you once again for your goodness and kindness to us, your goodwill to us in sending uh, the best, even your only dear Son. We thank you for not sparing him, but giving him up so freely for us all, that if we believe and trust in his name, we shall know a blessing in our lives. O oh Lord, draw each one of us to yourself. Help us to see these things plainly and clearly, and grant that we may indeed come and live for you, for your honour and for your glory. Bless us, we pray, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let's close by singing our final hymn, which is number 229. Hark the herald angels sing, 229.